promised us that he would be a counselor, a mighty God and a prince of peace. He promised us that he would be a father and would love us with a love that would not cease. Well, I tried him and found his promises are true. He's everything he said that he would be. Oh, the finest words I know cannot begin to tell just how much Jesus really means to me. For he's more wonderful than my mind can conceive. He's more wonderful than my heart can believe he goes beyond my highest hopes and fondest dreams he's everything that my soul And so much more, more than amazing, more than marvelous, more than miraculous could ever be. He's more than wonderful. That's what Jesus is to me. I stand amazed to think the King of glory would come to live within the heart of man. Oh, I marvel just to know he really loves me when I think of who he is and who I am. For he's more wonderful than my mind can conceive. He's more wonderful than my heart. Promise.
amazing, more than marvelous, more than miraculous could ever be. He's more than wonderful, so wonderful. That's what Jesus is to me. Exodus chapter 8, please. Exodus chapter 8, please. Thank you. Exodus, Exodus chapter 8, please. Tonight we just saw in Brother Cox the what we would call homiletic license. That is when you get up and say, this is a pitiful message. And then I said, Lord, let me preach pitiful the rest of my life. That's, matter of fact, I do. Come to think of it, but I earned a pitiful title. He does not. Exodus chapter 8, verse number 20. As you find that out or able, would you stand with me? Okay, it's 20 minutes to lunch. If you like any Baptist, your lunch, your lunch alarm goes off at noon. And that groaning and moaning will not be the conviction of the Holy Ghost. It will be everybody's big intestine eating their little intestines. Let's get right into it today. I do want to say thank you for the privilege to come. Thank you to the staff of this church, an amazing staff here. And, and I appreciate that. I appreciate their consideration and their kindness. Uh, the young lady that plays the piano, uh, I know when I first started coming here, Pastor had asked you to start playing and you were beginning and you have developed very well as a piano player Amen. and I appreciate that very much. Uh, I've been in churches before where the, the, the pianist plays the bench more than she plays the piano. I mean, she's bum, 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 bum. I keep thinking, wow, they better put shock absorbers on that thing over there. Uh, and I don't, I don't mind that as long as it's within the realm of stuff, but some of it's like, oh man, wait a minute, uh, but thank you young lady for your, and the singing has been excellent, love the music here, I have to wonder when I come here, oh there goes, you almost cr be cringy in some of them, you know, it's, e it's either like a nightclub or Bob Jones, one or the other, I mean it's one direction or the other, I don't care for either one by the way, and so uh, Brother Tony started me out last night, so I'm trying to be nice this this morning, but thank you for this good music, good service here. Exodus chapter 8, please, this morning, would you, at uh, verse number 20. The Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, lo, he cometh forth to the water, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians, to be full of the swarms of flies, and also the ground I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And the Lord did so. And there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh, and into his servant's house, and into the, all the land of Egypt. And the land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye sacrifice to your God in the land. I want you to, if you're like me and one of those heathen 
those who write in your Bible. I want you to mark that verse 25. And Moses said, It is not meet to do so, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey in the wilderness and sacrifice the Lord our God as he had commanded us. And here's another verse we mark. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away in treat for me. Now stop right there, folks. The children of Israel are about to be delivered from Egypt's bondage. God's hammering this nation to get their attention. I wish America would listen to what God's doing to us. But we won't, unfortunately. And I, I hope that something happens, but I don't know. But I can tell you this, God can humble a nation. Know the analogy of the children of Israel in Egypt. Pharaoh is an analogy of Satan. Egypt's the world. Israel is the children of God. They're about to be delivered from the world and Satan's control. But if we notice in those two things, and I'll give you two more this morning, when Pharaoh says, Okay, I'll let you go, but he's trying to keep control of the children of Israel. Have you noticed that since you got saved, the devil hadn't left you alone? Now, when you got saved, you're delivered from his bondage. You're no longer you're no longer a child of the devil. So I never was. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. But you're born into the family of God. So he lost the possession and control over your life once you got saved. But he hadn't left you alone. He's still trying to put strings on God's people to hold us and keep us in Egypt. And I want to talk to you this morning about the four compromises of Pharaoh. Let's pray. Father, bless now this morning. Holy Spirit, help us here. Receive, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. We'll see four compromises. If you're a point counting Baptist, that means there are four points to the message. So we get the point. Well, you ever been with those messages where the preacher says, I got four points, and he spends an hour on the first one. And you think, oh, Lord God, I should have packed a lunch. We're going to be here all day. Well, I got four points, and God willing, we'll get to it pretty quick this morning. Not in a hurry. But I want you to consider something. People, listen to me. The devil is not going to leave you alone. He is as a roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And he hadn't just left up on you because you don't belong to him anymore. He wants you. Matter of fact, he probably wants you more than the ones he has control over. Because he knows what it means to mess up the life of a Christian and the impact and the testimony. But these compromises Pharaoh offers to Moses are the same compromises the devil's trying to give God's people today. And if we can see it going into it, then we'll know what we need to do. That first compromise in verse number 25 was what? Well, look at it again with me this morning. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye sacrifice to your God. Now look at this verse. Go ye and sacrifice to your God in the land. And what is it? What is his compromise? You can go worship God if you want to, but you got to stay in Egypt to do your worship. Pharaoh would allow them to go. I love back in COVID time when the government was allowing us to do what we needed to do. That ticked me off. I never liked that, never enjoyed it for five seconds. And the truth is, there were churches like ours in California when the, when they were telling us, you know, you can't, you got to stay eight, eight, six feet away from everybody, can't breathe on folks, can't talk to people, all that kind of stuff. We put up with it for a little while until after a while they let the marijuana dispensary stay open and the bars stay open and the strip clubs stay open. And finally, we just told the governor, you can take that and forget it. I don't know if that's the word we used or not. But uh, 
we, we went ahead and opened anyhow where he didn't give us permission to open up. And I happen to be in a good part of our state, to be honest with you, that's very conservative. We're a strong Second Amendment, and, and it's a good place to live in California, to be honest. And uh, our, govern, our, our, our um, uh, sheriff and police chief said, we're not going to force it on that joint. You guys go do whatever you're going to do. And so we, we opened up, and we got a letter from the health department. We had our first service in here in violation of the governor's edict and the things that was going on. And we filed that in the round file and said, yeah, okay, come and get us. But when it, I, 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 it aggravates me when the government allows us to have freedoms. You know, if the, if the government gives you your freedoms, you don't have freedoms. That, that's not freedom. And when Pharaoh says to Moses and the Israelites, you know, you, you can worship God, just don't leave me. Stay close to me. Stay in Egypt. You know, you hear it a lot from us about this thing about come out from among them, be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Uh, the, all, the Bible says that love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We talk about biblical separation, how we need to be, we have to live in this world, but we don't need to live of this world. Moody had it right. Moody had it right years ago when he said the, the church is like a ship on the ocean. As long as the church, the ship, is on the ocean, that's the world, you're fine. But you get the you get the ocean in the ship and you got problems. Oh, we got a lot of ocean in the ship today. Way too much ocean in the ship. But people are content with it. You have to remember something. When uh, Moses was up on Mount Sinai to get the law of God and, uh, and Aaron was down there with the children of Israel and they said, you know what, make us gods about this man. We don't know who he is and we don't know what's going on. And what did Aaron say? He said, well, break off those earrings and we'll make us a golden calf. And we're going to have, but what Aaron said to them was this, we're going to have a worship of the Lord. He didn't say we're going to dance around half naked in front of a golden calf. We're going to call it a worship of the Lord. But they busted out that Egyptian music. And then next thing you know, their clothes come off. And the next thing you know, it looks just like they're in Egypt. But it was called a worship of the Lord. Now, if that ain't what's going on in a lot of churches nowadays, I don't know what is. They call it a worship of the Lord. But they smack the world. They bring in the world. They interrupt cover the world. It looks like a stinking nightclub. Everything's about the world. And they're doing that in independent fundamental Baptist churches today. And I'm thinking to myself, is that your head or is your neck blowing a bubble? Are you kidding me? Can, how, can't you see how unscriptural that is? I, I love the traditional part of stuff, but let's just talk biblical part of stuff. Traditional's good. Yeah, we got stuff from what our people taught us. We don't need to turn loose of that. There's nothing wrong with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I get that. But good night, can't you see that you're using the world's music, the world's philosophy, the world's attitude, the world's dress, the world's conduct, and everything else? And what are we doing? We're letting the devil give us permission to worship God, but in the world. No, no, no. Moses' answer is very clear. We can't do that here. We can't have worship in Egypt. We got to get out of Egypt. The idea, so this thing about, please don't hassle your preacher. When he says, you know, yeah, but we, 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 they, they pick on us. And I feel so bad. I feel awful when these little squirts pick on us, call us old school. What are you? No school. That's what you are. You ain't no school, Spanky. That's what you are. No, I'm old school. That's right. But I'm in the right schools. Got in the right school. Staying in the right school. And they say, you guys are majoring on the minors. I love it when they say stuff like that because that's just an excuse for them to change what they're saying. That's why they rename everything to Connection Group and Fresh Encounter and all this kind of stuff. They're changing names because you know what they're going to do? They're going to change doctrines too. And they're going to change everything else. Come on, figure it out. But they, they, they 
talk about us and they say, well, you guys, you get all hung up on the stuff about how the platform is lit and, and whether or not they have a little worship team up behind the, the, the choir that sings and all this kind of stuff that you didn't get from the people who gave us our stuff. No, you got it from Hillsong down here in Australia. You got it from those places. That ain't us. I can't, why can't you figure that out? You're trying to have a worship of God while you're bringing Egypt into the worship. Now, I'm sorry. No, no. Come out from among them and be a separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And you're not supposed to create unequal yokes. And those yokes of 2 Corinthians 6 are yokes of extreme, the devil and Jesus. It's fascinating how God makes the extremes very clear. See, God didn't look at it and go, well, it's not really exactly us. What is that supposed to mean? You know, I, I am exactly a man. That's very extreme. Seriously. I, the governor's wife in California refuses to use feminine pronouns for her when she speaks. She calls herself us. Well, I think she may be schizophrenic. I don't know. But that kind of junk. And I'm thinking, no, partner, you're either one or you're the other one. It's either right or it's wrong. It's black or it's white. It's good or it's bad. It's Jesus or the stinking devil. It's one or the other one. And we don't need, hey, we need to listen. You can't have worship of God in Egypt. So what we need is distance here. So, but Moses was <laughs> very clear. Oh, well, okay, thank you for giving us permission to stay in Egypt. He said, no, we can't do that. We have to go. Now go down to verse number 20, 28. Exodus 8, go down to verse 28. So Pharaoh comes back. Hey, back. Notice something here. Pharaoh doesn't give up. When Moses, when Moses says, oh, we, we have to leave here. Oh, okay, you guys can go. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. Let's, let's try another one. Then he tries another one in verse 28. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go. That's a problem right there. I read that and that ticks me off. I will let you go. No, you ain't going to let me go. God's going to make you let me go. We're going to get out of here because we're getting out of here. I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Now he's going to let him go. But watch this. Only ye shall not go very far away. Oh, you can go, but don't go too far. Hey, you can go, but don't get too right wing. You, you can go, but don't get radical. You can go, but you don't have to be like that Tony Hudson guy last night foaming at the mouth. Every time I had this microphone, it was soaked with sweat. And spit and everything else. Brother Ethan, where are you? Ethan, you over here, son? How you doing, pal? You okay? Dude, you got red marks on your neck. You about drug you all over this thing. Got hung. How old are you, Spanky? Yeah, think about that. When's your birthday? You think October 3rd? Well, check your driver's license. What does it say on your driver's license? sitting back there thinking, Brother Tony, look at that little boy's face. His eyeballs are about that stinking big. Either he's scared to death or you're about to pop his head off one or the other, man. And it kept wrenching up on him and I thought, he's gonna, the head's going to come off. It's just going to pop up and roll on the ground. And there are people who say, what? Okay, but you, you, can, you don't have to preach like that. Come on. You don't have to preach like that. There's little, there's little dings in this, this, this pulpit up here. You ought to see my pulpit. Looks like you've been hit by a 12 gate. Kaboom! Blowing it up like that. You don't have to be like that. You don't have to. And that sort of thing. You can just sort of stand there and have a little conversation and talk about it. Maybe even get rid of the pulpit and get a 
chair, right? And get you a little microphone and sit up there, maybe put a cigarette in your mouth. I don't know, look like a nightclub or undo the collar if you can wear a tie anymore. Got your little shirt open with your one little, one little hair sticking out of your chest like that. Yeah, you got to sit up. You say, well, Brother Johnson, see, that's the problem with you guys here. You're too critical. No, that's the problem with those guys. They're critical of us. I don't see what's wrong with wearing a suit and a tie and preach. I don't see what's wrong with that. But you see, just don't go very far. Let's not get, let's not get right wing. Well, what wing are you? You got any wings? Last time I checked it, people, it's, it's be you holy even as I am holy. Be you perfect even as I am perfect. I'm not talking about me being holy, me being perfect. I'm talking about God set the standard. You know what? It's a sad thing is today we brought the standard back so far to where people are and where they live nowadays. We fail to realize the goal is to be like Jesus. Last time I checked it, right? To whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. You say, well, Pastor Johnson, that's the problem. We're not like Jesus. Yeah, no, the problem is we ain't even trying anymore. Nowadays, we just, we got it back to where we are. And I just want to talk about my interpersonal relationships with my consideration and how I'm feeling about what I'm doing and that kind of stuff. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. I don't recall Jesus talking a lot about his feelings. I recall him, you know, when he was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. So, in other words, if we bring the standard back to where I'm living instead of bringing the standard up to where it's supposed to be in my living, then what we have today is modern Christianity that doesn't go too far. Well, you don't have you don't have to just be slapping your face. You don't have to just throw it out there like that. Do you remember? Do you remember, dear people, when Jesus asked his disciples, "Whom do men say that I am?" Now he wasn't asking his disciples who he thought who they thought he was. He was asking his disciples who the people who listened to Jesus thought he was. And what did they say? Well, Joel Osteen. Yeah, Joel Osteen. Uh, what's this dude's name? C.T. Townsend. Oh. Last time I checked it, it was like John the Who Church. John the Who Church. I said John the Who. One Presbyterian John. No, no. Big V Baptist. Last time I checked, he come blowing out of the wilderness wearing a camel hair suit. Maybe he attacked the cap the Capitol on January 6th. No, that was a buffalo skin bikini boy. Anyway, uh, uh, man, he come he come blowing out of the wilderness with a mouth full of bugs in a jar of honey preaching, and man, he was nailing people. I don't recall being polished. John was not a TV reverend. He was not. And if you check it, they cut his cotton-picking head off because he wouldn't shut his mouth about things. And they say, that's what Jesus was like. Amen. Oh, so he wasn't that Craig freak. Hollywood makes him look like it. Let's all talk about this sort of thing. That's not who Jesus was. And that, the people who listened to him said, well, you're like Jeremiah. You're like Isaiah. You're like one of the Old Testament prophets. You're like John the Baptist. You're like this. You're like that. That's what they say. You're like that, Lord. That's what people say you're like. And then a guy gets up and is a preacher in the vein of the Lord Jesus Christ, not a close to him. Or John the Baptist, not close to him either. But in that style, in that vein, in that venue, and they say there's something wrong with us. I got news for you. There's something wrong with them. It's still preach the word, dear sinning season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering of doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Just don't go too far with this thing. I mean, okay, okay, look here. Have your standards.
church, but when you go on vacation, I hate Facebook except for one reason. I know what people are up to when they go on vacation. Now, I don't, I don't mess around with social media, but my, my young staff guys are carnal as all get out. They know everything. And I'm getting ready to ask somebody to come preach for us. I'll say, check this dude out. Yeah, and there they are on vacation. Ain't got enough clothes on to make blinders for a hummingbird. And I think, now wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on a second. Or they're at these conferences and meetings and stuff like that. They're not even, they're, not even, they're barely fundamental independent Baptists, barely. But, but the stuff that goes on, I think, well, what's he doing preaching at that thing? I got to think, I got to go home and fix something right now. Not coming to my church, but some something the guy's going to be preaching for my kids and stuff at a, at a meeting. And that kind of thing. I found out some things this week. Not good. Not good. By the way, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You say, well, it's just him and he may be a little edgy. Well, number one, why does he have to be edgy? N- number two, your kids are going to, they, they follow people like this. They're going to start following this dude. And then they're going to get hooked up in something else that's not supposed to be there. See, it's a different day today. Used to be you just had a dude preach, and then he went off to his place, you went off to yours, and that's kind of the end of it. Uh-uh, ain't that way anymore now. Everybody's connected and that kind of stuff. So you have to be very careful about that. Plus, you're setting a precedent. You're approving what this person's doing, that sort of thing. You say, well, Brother Johnson, we'd have to know I'm going far enough to keep it clean and keep it right. Go to chapter 10, verse 8. Point 3. See, look at that. It's 1158, and I'm on point 3. No hope to make it by noon, though, I can guarantee you. Chapter 10 and verse. So what does Pharaoh do? He says, okay, you can go. Uh-uh. No, no, he's going to try one more. He's going to try two more. But anyway, look at chapter 10, verse 8. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto him, Go serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young, with our old, with our sons, and with our daughters, with our flocks, and with our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he, this is Pharaoh, said unto him, Let the Lord so be. Lord be so with you, as I will let you go, and your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Not so. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord, for that ye did desire. And they were driven out from the presence of Pharaoh. Whoa. Number three, Pharaoh's compromise. Give me your kids. Give me your kids. Leave your children here. You guys that are men, you can go. But you leave your kids here, I'll take care of them for you. What's this thing about uh, uh, soft child rearing? You know what guys I'm talking about? Soft child rearing. Where you're, you're going to tell a two-year-old, well, I'm, I don't want to tell you what you can and can't do. I want you to figure it out. Two-year-old. And it's getting into our independent Baptist church. P- parents who were raised... Under the under the under the guidance and direction of biblical discipline and rearing, which doesn't mean we beat you for spilling a stinking salt shaker, unless I was going to put it on the French fries, I might whoop you for that. But anyway, the truth is, no, 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 no. Parents today raised in independent Baptist church, right biblical brain, and now they don't think there's they think there's something wrong with spanking their kids. That's still in the book. You know? Amen. Now, that's not the only means of discipline, so don't go get all Hillary on me now. But I'm just simply saying this, but it is still in there. And now, somehow or another, we're supposed to we're supposed to stand there and reason with a four-year-old. Are you kidding me? Seriously. Well, now, Billy, can we talk about why you feel that way for hitting your sister in the head with a hammer? 
And then they'll actually hold a conference. Preacher, I'm telling you, it's nuts out there, man. It is. I'm thinking somebody left the asylum door open and they're running the streets, man. Honestly, it, 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 it's, it's, don't you understand that if he can't, if, if the lion can't get the fattest of the herd, the youngest are the easiest ones to get a hold of. And he is walking about seeking whom he may devour. Hey, look at me. Give me your kids. Give me your kids. I don't care whether you like this or not. If you're here, that's every dog in this county. There is absolutely no sense in putting your kid in a public school. You are, you are outside of your mind to put your kid in a public school. And that goes for a public university, too. You have no idea what goes on in these universities nowadays. No idea. Oh, they're going to teach them evolution. Oh, that's the simplest thing they'll ever do. Now they're going to get them to question their sexuality and their, and their gender and, and, and their life. Oh, it's ridiculous. No, 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 no. Don't you understand? Look at me. The average young person today will sit in front of an electronic screen six to ten hours a day. You know what that means? If you live the average lifespan of 74 and a half years, you're going to spend 44 years of your life in front of an electronic screen. You mean to tell me you don't think the devil's programming the next generation? He's already programmed the next generation, and he's after the next generation, and the next generation. Why don't we understand how that is? Listen to me. If your parents are not, if your parents are not called overprotective, you're not doing your job. And I don't care if it's Grandma who says it either. By the way, my wife's my wife's mother's in heaven. She's a wonderful Christian lady. Oh, just a tremendous Christian. I do not speak this in any any criticism of her whatsoever. But we were with her one time on vacation. One of the kids acted up, and one of the girls. And I gave her a whooping because it was a whooping offense. And so she got a whooping. And it was the first and only time my mother-in-law ever said anything like that. She said, I don't ever want to say anything, but she's a girl. You can't spank her like that. I said, Ma, I love you. You're wonderful. You're fantastic. First of all, she got a behind on her just like anybody else, anybody else does. Secondly, don't ever interfere with our family like that. Amen. Amen. Now, Ma, you're over the line on that. You're not going to have it. And you know what? She's a good lady. She just backed off. That was it. Well, you just can't do that back to me. Look at me, look at me. No, no. You can't approve or get approval from the world for what you do. But I'm going to tell you this, Linda. If my kids are going to rebel against what I taught them, they're going to rebel against the right that I taught them. They're not going to rebel against the hypocrisy that they see. You know, a lot of kids, that's the issue. Mom and dad, got they're two-faced. Now, most Baptists are not two-faced because if they had a choice, they would not choose the one they have. I know that. But they're two-faced. They got the Baptist face, and then they got the they got the home face. And that, that, the kid, you're going to blow up every kid on the planet on the hypocrisy, you know. But I tell you what, there's times when you do right, honor God, teach that kid right and everything else, and some of them don't honor that. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child the way he should go. That's mom and dad's job. When he is old, he will not depart from it. That's the kid's job. And the truth, that doesn't excuse any kid's behavior and conduct. Let's face it, I got kids that are sideways with God, and the bottom line is somewhere along the way, I dropped the ball with them in what I needed to be and do as a parent. No question about that. But I know this, they were loved, they were taught, they were, they were given every opportunity to turn out and do the will of God. And when they became adults, they did that, but they didn't do that in the house. Because the devil says, just give me your kids. Do you know what your children do? Come on, these kids are so far ahead of us in this electronic age and day today. Honestly, I am what you call a tech-tard. Like a retard, but a tech-tard. I am. I mean, I barely turn a stupid phone on. 
I got those carnal staff members of mine. If something breaks, I just give it to them. Fix that. I, I, I don't know. I know where all I did to it. I broke that thing. It's crying. There's blood's coming out of it. Here, fix that thing. Oh, preacher, you just. I said, don't even tell me that. If there's more than one step, I can't fix it. All right. Oh, you go to here and you go to there and you go to this and you. I said, hey, hey, what did I just tell you? I don't want to hear about it. Here, fix it and give it back to me. I'll do something important. You go fix that thing. These kids are so far ahead of us, it's unbelievable. I, if you don't have uh, uh, layers of protection, security for every electronic device you have in your home, you're outside your mind. And even then, they can figure out the ways to get around stuff. So now listen to me very carefully, because the devil wants your kids. We cannot, it's very simple. I mean, it's not rocket science to figure out why. That's the next generation. Wait a minute, look at me. Because he knows, the devil knows, if he can get your kids, he'll get you to come back. I've watched parents give it up for their because they're kids. Because while they're little, they're growing up, you know, we got them under control and everything's good. It's yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. That still works, by the way. I, I, they've got them with the manners and the behavior and the conduct. And then when they hit teenagers, all of a sudden they're stinking brilliant. And well, you know, after all, they're teenagers. Yeah. I pretty much decided when our kids hit 13, I wasn't going to spank them anymore, unless they act as a childish. If you act childish, say, I'll whoop you until you're 25, but you're still living in this house. And, that, and I've watched parents back up, back off, and back down because the kids get a little sideways, and they don't realize it's the devil reaching through that kid to get you to pull you back on what you need to be doing. And now it's grandparents. I'm a grandfather of nine grandchildren. God, we'd have them first. Grandkids are why God didn't let you kill your children while you're raising them. That's that's what grandchildren do. Oh man, them grandbabies, they got they got the bad stuff. Grams, okay, what do you want? You want some money? What do you want? You want to go to you want to go to Hawaii? What do you want to do, baby? Come on, talk, talk to Grams, man. Can I have a co- cookie? You can have the whole bag. Come with me. Come on. I'll give you the whole bag. Here's a Snicker bar. Put it on your pillow. Get you get hungry at night. You get up in the morning, brush your teeth with it. It's all good. It's all good. My, my adult kids say, Daddy, you weren't like that with us. You weren't that cute. <laughs> oh, man. The, the grandkids will get it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you get past your children, and then the grandkids come along, and all of a sudden, grandparents get nuts. And they go live by their grandchildren. It's just working. They go live by their grandchildren. I've never seen that work yet. I've had people do it. They'll move and go live by their grandchildren. I got grandkids in Costa Rica. I got grandkids in North Carolina. And I got grandkids in California. When I upgrade in my life, I still got to figure out what to call this retirement thing. When, when I tra- when I, I don't transition because that's scary. When, after September the 3rd, and I'm not the pastor of Shasta Baptist Church anymore, Say, what are you going to do, Pastor Charles? I'm living in Redding, California. That's where my wife and I are home is. I've got three grandkids there, but that's not why. It's where God wants us to be. You, you can't go chasing your grandkids around the country. I went over like a ham sandwich in a Jewish pig. Uh, Jesus said, ah! don't chase your grandchildren. He doesn't understand. They, they, we need to be by them to influence them in their life. Every time I've seen folks do that, you know what happens? They move. And the grandkids, they're stuck somewhere, and their grandkids go live somewhere else with those stupid parents they have. Give me your kid. 
Pharaoh called them, chapter 10, verse 21, and the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thy hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land, even darkness which may be felt. Chapter 10, verse 22, and Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, there was a thick darkness, all the land of Egypt three days, and they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Watch. And Pharaoh called unto Moses, and go ye serve the Lord only, let your flocks and your herds be saved, let your little ones also go with you in Egypt. Flocks and herds, well, you know what that's all about. That's their livelihood, that's their uh, future inheritance, and that's their financial interests. Okay? For, for, for where your treasure is, there will your grandchildren be also. So we keep, we just, you know, okay, I'll go to church, I'll do that kind of stuff, but, you know, I got plans. same factory, Soda Cup, South Chicago. I'm in there working in a sweatshop, making half a million per week, drinking cups of one eight-hour shift on this huge machine. while he's eating a tuna fish sandwich. That's why we were never close. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is we, we, we're supposed to live in this. It's nothing to do with the message. I just want to bring it up. But <laughs> he was asking me what is the plan after I progress to the next level. I don't know. I'm going to call this. he got to come up with another name for it. I said, I don't know. I really don't have a lot. transitioning. If I ever come back, I'll still be a man. I promise you that and leave all the women's clothes out there. But anyway, the point is one of you ladies have to come up with something. I'm going to Google it. Another name for retirement. Promotion? See, I don't feel like it's a promotion. I feel like I'm doing God's will. But anyway, the plan for the future. You say, well, Brother Johnson, I mean, what do you plan to do? I plan to do what I've been doing for the last 50 years of my life. Positions are not so dug in that all that matters to me is how the stock market goes right. and what are the interest rates. Nothing wrong with knowing that kind of stuff, but the bottom line is, is that your life? 
Hey, hey, my possessions are in Egypt. Someone, we were at a couple's retreat this past weekend, and I didn't do it. We had a guy come in and do it for us, Brother Ray, Mike Ray. And uh, they asked him one of the games that they played, what is your favorite car you've always wanted? I'm not a car guy. My favorite car is one that runs. Now, I had, a, I had a, two Fords. I will never drive a Ford again. I'm a non-Afford person. I appreciate the heated tailgates and bumpers because it tells you in the wintertime. I appreciate that kind of stuff. But, I, I mean, seriously. Found on the road dead, F-O-R-D. I got a little plaque in my office. It's, it's a Ford symbol with the rings around it. It's above it, it says, finally, they circled the problem. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. But I'm not a car guy. He was talking about driving that blue Lincoln. I'm preaching at a church in Long Beach and let me drive a $250,000 Tesla. Are you stupid to let a Baptist preacher like me drive a quarter million dollar automobile in Southern California rush hour traffic? It had a yoke on it like like an airplane. It took me 10 minutes to figure out how to get out of the parking lot. I couldn't figure out a turn. Where's the button you push? The key, there's got something. Is it under there? What's going on? Finally, this guy walked by. He said, can you help me start this thing? I don't know how to start this car. Oh, yeah. And they watch it. You got to push this button and do that. They got to go over here and do this. I said, oh, man, I'm in trouble now. Where's the quick Where's the quick start on this thing? And I, dr- I drive it. I pull out. I was going to go somewhere nearby and get on the freeway. And it's rush hour traffic. And I'm pulling onto the freeway. And, you know, I've never driven one of those things. They make absolutely no sound whatsoever. pulling on the freeway and I start speeding up and I'm trying to, and I want to get over the fast lane, get away from all the traffic. So I'm, I got my foot in this thing. I get over the fast lane, look down 94 miles an hour. I said, man, this thing is lethal. I didn't realize I was going that fast. Unbelievable. I said, but I bet you want one of those. I don't want a car that plugs in the Well, they'll go 400 miles. Mine will go 1,200 on a tank of gas, man. I'm out get there. I'm not a car guy. I've never seen a house I wanted. Oh, would you love that home? No, it's a house. Oh, boy, it goes underneath the roof. Nah, I don't want that house. It doesn't do anything for me. People drive around looking at houses. This, we just go look at houses. Why? My wife wants us to move. I, I think I'm going to have to get a divorce. I like our house. I, seriously. Well, honey, let's go live somewhere else. Why, babe? We lived here 26 years ago. All the trees we planted are grown up and big and beautiful. We got a garden in the back. We got big trees, big Japanese maple trees, beautiful trees. All these trees. Man, look at this. We got a nice big deck out there and all this stuff and everything else. And you want to go home and start over again? I can't, I can't take you with me. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go on your own. Because I, 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 I never drive around looking at I never look at somebody's car, home, house, clothes, shoes. Whatever they got on, I go, man, I wish I had one of those. No, I'm just thankful I got clothes. Men's clothes. Men's clothes. I don't have any, like, secret feminine stuff in my closet whatsoever. She does. I don't. But the devil says, well, just keep your possessions in Egypt. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What does this world have you think you have to have? in your life or you're not going to get there because the world creates a covetous attitude which is this if I just had a so what is it up iPhone what now 14 14 plus S right now they're going back to flip phones can't these people make up their mind 
Yeah, you know, we're not bad. Now the new thing is the flip phone of the old thing that goes back to, and you can read the edge and the turns over and all this kind of stuff. It's fascinating. Incredible. And people will spend thousands of dollars on the latest electronic device, and it ain't going to last you a year because some pinhead out there in the Silicon Valley is going to come up with an iPhone 15, and you're stuck with an old phone. I got an iPhone 2. Still got a cord attached to it. You have to have keep your possessions in check. He's look at me. Fortunately, this stopped. God took the last plague on Egypt, and he had to turn them loose. But Pharaoh was not going to let him go. And by the way, remember what happened? Applied the blood, delivered, and Pharaoh gave up. Right? No, he didn't. They got out. He went chasing them to the Red Sea. And you want to talk? You want to look at stupid in the Bible? Let me tell you what stupid. Their God parts the ocean, and you go in there after them. Yeah. Only thing more stupid than that is when the disciples, those people ask Jesus, well, there was a man who was married, and his, he, 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 his wife, a lady was married, and her husband died, and she married him, and he died, and she married him, and he died, and she married him, and he died, and the seventh one married her, he died. Now, whose husband is? I say, who's the stupid idiot who married that woman? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Didn't like two and three go, wait a minute. I mean, come on. Number seven must have been brain dead. She's buried six husbands. I'll marry her. You are stupid, pal. And they're chasing somebody into an ocean. An ocean, people. But he still wouldn't let go. Because the devil's not going to let go until you come out from among them, be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Let's stand our feet, please. We're not going to worship in Egypt. We're going to go too far this morning.